and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. We rewatch every episode of Ali McBeal through 2020 eyes. Eyes that have perfect vision and can see the sins of the past. Yes, absolutely. And the hell of the present. <laughs> yeah, well that's the perfect opportunity for us to introduce our guest Matt Brothers from the Spotlight podcast. Hey guys. Hi, Matt, this is your second time on Bygones. It is uh, my second time on Bygones, yes. Offender, after, uh, repeat yeah. offender. <laughs> repeat offender. Repeat <laughs> offender, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. Uh, yes, I did the season two premiere, didn't I? Which was a great yes. way to jump in, kind of have a bit of a fresh perspective on a season and basically the show itself. <laughs> There yes. was a lot of denim in that episode. I oh, yeah. yeah, denim shirts forever, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of denim and questionable fancying of underage boys. Yeah, a little bit of just sprinkling a pedo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a light dusting. Um, <laughs> excited to have you on again though for season three um and yeah you've been um busy haven't you because you've not only been working on spotlight but you've been guesting on a bunch of other places as well um uh, most notably for me um you've been doing a lot of work with sudden double deep guys as yeah well. it's been great because yeah spotlight because we had a couple in the bank before lockdown went down i think we we've only had i think two maybe three episodes out so far that we've recorded since this started so it was a bit of a slow slow move into the remote recording process for spotlight and then sun double mm. deep of course they they fire off episodes all the time so when i was guessing on a few of them sometimes it would be do it at the weekend comes out on thursday so that was a the quick wow. turnaround matches quite perfectly with uh Slow old spotlight, doing what we want. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. But yeah, we should have just had a new episode out for that, and there'll be yeah more to come that we have already done. So we're we're enjoying the remote records as much as we can. It's great to see people. Obviously, can't wait to get back in the room. But this is kind of a good time, I guess, really for podcasters with a lot of people who do it remotely anyway. Um, I guess for them, yeah. nothing's changed. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's true. Actually, we we um, had to change our setup, um, obviously, uh, because we can't get to each other. But it wasn't too difficult because we both had mics and we could do it. But yeah. yeah, and I think you're right. I think a lot of podcasts just record remotely as standard. So for them, it's like, oh, well, this is fine. It doesn't impact us at all. But yeah. Uh, how's lockdown treating you, Matt? Um, Not too bad. It was your birthday on Friday. Yes, just birthday gone. just gone, which was wonderful. Uh, my lovely housemate surprised me with uh, with a cake tray and some prezzies. And then yesterday, because luckily, this is quite rare, but you know, for people who live in London, it's very rare that you'll probably live in the same neighbourhood or area as people you know. Mm-hmm. It's either like, I'm north, I'm south, I'm east, and it's like, you know, an hour to get anywhere to anyone. I'm quite lucky that, yeah, a few of my friends, including the Sun Double Deep guys, uh, live in the same borough as me. They're just up the road. So mm. it means walking, avoiding public transport, and walking to a field has been pretty easy going these days. And, you know, often they swing by with goodie bags of Aww. leftover treats and stuff and leave them by the door and we chat we chat on the doorstep and uh I and think yeah, they've so, yeah, kind so... of adopted Matt. Oh yes yeah, I am I, I am their son. <laughs> <laughs> they get a care package on the regular. Um, I, I can't be trusted to survive on my own. Um, oh dear. But yeah yesterday was fantastic a few of us met up on the field and then had a bit of a socially distanced barbecue in the garden here because luckily we do have quite a large garden as well it's quite, oh, I'm quite, so jealous. quite stretchy so, so Finally, yeah. finally had something resembling a normal social evening as close as we could, as close as we could manage. Oh, so that's nice. I'm glad it came it's, around it now. It looks really. great. 
It looked great. And um, yeah, I'm sad that I couldn't get over there because I'm like the other side of town, as you've just said. So it would have been difficult for us. But um, yes, we wish you a very happy bygones birthday. And we're very pleased that you're spending the final day of your birthday weekend recording with us. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have it no other way. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we here to talk about, Eleanor? Today, we are here to talk about season three, episode 10, called Just Friends, uh, which first aired 17th of January uh, 2000. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more problematic than it looks. UK number one is still Westlife um, I Have a Dream and okay, Season yeah. of the Sun. Uh, nobody cares about that. How many, about how that. Westlife, We're very disdainful uh, about Westlife. Yeah, yeah how many Westlife number ones have you covered? Since? There's been a few, right? Cause I've, I feel I've, like there's been loads. I've heard LJ trying to guess which one it's going <laughs> to be. Too many. <laughs> but wait, for someone who hates Westlife so much, you know a lot of their songs. <laughs> and I can sing them. To listen to the, this was the era where I used to listen now every 45. Sunday to the charts, to the top 40, and I recorded it. So, like, I know all of the songs, but I hated Westlife so much. <laughs> God, they really are the worst boy band. I think this is only, like, the second number one that we've covered on Bygones for Westlife. So, ha. Oh, okay. It's... It feels like more. <laughs> it's like an endless parade of shit ballads. <laughs> Because which one is it that's number one now? I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. Abba and Seasons of the Sun. Um, yes. Which I actually have a really okay. vivid memory of a school assembly around this time um, where one of our drama teachers said that she lost her virginity to the sound of Seasons in the Sun. The oh original. So I've never <laughs> forgotten that. Can never hear it the same way again or ever again. No. <laughs> I don't like it when people share the soundtrack of what they were listening to when they lost their virginity. Like, I, do I, don't, I, I don't like it when teachers do it for sure. <laughs> like, it's the whole thing of them to... saying, like, oh, it's not sexual. And you're like, well, it is now. <laughs> you just made it that. <laughs> well, you, you had joy and you had fun. You had seasons in the sun. <laughs> Um, so, US number one has finally moved on from Smooth Santana. Like, we. I'm kind of sad. I was hoping we'd be I'm here not. forever. I really oh, gone, wanted never some forgotten. variety because, like, my God, I think it's been six months that song has been number one in the US. Like, yes, it's been a long time. We need to move on. So, the, uh, the artist. What took its place? The artist is Christina Aguilera. Oh. What is Genie in a Bottle? Surely. No. no. Oh. Oh. What was her second single? Uh. <sighs> what a girl. Yeah. What yes. a girl needs. <laughs> what makes it happen. That's a good free. song, too. Yeah. That's a good song. It's great. I love it. What it's a girl wants. What a girl wants. What a girl needs. <laughs> when it goes all like. What is it? What's it called? Baroque. Is that the the music style? Baroque. Is it baroque? <laughs> like, like medieval. Is it? What are you doing? Medieval about? remix. <laughs> what does the girl wants? Like, um, like Georgian or something. But what are you talking about? Which bit of the song? Well, because there's a bit where it goes, um, where in the video it cuts to her in like, like, kind of like, uh, like Georgian esque like uh like oh i don't dresses. remember the video so well yeah 
I do. Ah. <laughs> and it goes all like do 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 do. I have no idea what you're talking about. It might be Baroque. I'm not sure. Well, you just but... said it's medieval Baroque. Well, Baroque. Well, not medieval. Like se- like 17th century. Yeah, that's Baroque. <laughs> right. That's right. Are you mocking me? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that bit of the video though, so I was well, very confused. Okay, just me. Just okay. dropped a little green sleeve sample. It's like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> That video yeah. is very oh of its God. time, isn't it? I think I think any music video from two thousand is very yeah. you know it's from two thousand. Yeah. 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 Okay, moving okay. on. So <laughs> please. <laughs> um eighteenth of January, um Spencer Goodman is executed by lethal injection in Huntsville, Texas, for the nineteen ninety one kidnap and murder of Cecil Ham who was the wife of ZZ Top manager, Bill Ham. Uh, Bill Ham is present at the execution. What? <laughs> Such a... I don't even know what to do with that information. Yeah, no, I just thought I'd never heard of this. Like, ZZ Top, their manager, his wife yeah. was, like, kidnapped and murdered by this man. Wow. Um, yeah, and it and that was in 1991, and in 2000 huh. he gets executed. So he was on death row for that long. I guess so. Yeah. 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 Um, Goodness me. Just bizarre. Um, yeah. It, on the 19th of January 2000, um, Hedy Lamarr, um, actress, inventor, and uh, film producer, died in Florida of heart disease, aged 85. Um, I don't know who that is. She basically, she she was an actress. She was like a Hollywood actress, but she also basically um, came up with early versions of something called frequency hopping spread spectrum technology, which is used in things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi today. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, she was like super beautiful and super smart. Like, um, and yeah, that's that's a winning combination. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. It's funny to think of the amount of kind of screen legends that were still alive quite late. I mean, dying in 2000, mm. I mean, I mean that's 20 years ago now, but mm. some of them you just expect to imagine back in the past. Because I think, wasn't it Catherine Hepburn lasted quite a long while? She died 2004 or five, I think. Yes. Yeah. She's, yeah. In, um, I think. she's in Sopranos, isn't she? Is she in Sopranos? Oh, gosh. That is her, I think. I might have that wrong. It's definitely a golden age like, actress. I think it's Catherine Hepburn. Oh, Ooh. Liam would know. I don't know, but yeah I'll, yeah, I'll check that as we go. But it's somebody, yeah. somebody big. So the last thing I have is uh, the thirty-first of January. Doctor Harold Shipman is sentenced <gasps> to life imprisonment after being Shipman! found guilty of murdering fifteen patients in the Greater Manchester area between yes. nineteen ninety-five and nineteen ninety-eight. He is also yes. sentenced uh, to four years in prison to run concurrently uh, for forging the will of one of his victims. Uh, yes. Subsequent inquiry considers him to have killed at least 215 people, though it's likely he killed as many as 250. Um, wow. 80% of his victims were elderly women, though he potentially yes. killed a patient as young as a four-year-old. Um and this is why, due to, like, they think he may have killed up to 250 people, he's believed to be the most 
prolific serial killer in modern history. Yeah, I remember Harold Shipman, Dr. Harold Shipman, because he was a doctor, right? Yeah, he was a GP. GP. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, I just remember that being a, one of those news stories that had like real playground kudos, like everyone was talking about it and like yeah, Harold Shipman and like... Oh, well, it was like, know, such a shock, wasn't it? Like how amazing. he yeah. managed to, to kill as many people as he without did anyone without anyone noticing. And do you know who so it is that, that noticed it and raised the alarm? No, no. It, it was the funeral home. Was like, huh. this doctor... Oh. Too many people. <laughs> yeah, loads of people are dying with this doctor, like, with his signature on the, like... The death, certificate. death certificates. Like, this is, this is wow. weird how many people are coming from this doctor. Good for, good for them, because they could have been like, great... And they were just like, this is fucking weird. Like there's no other doctor that has this many patients get sent to us like this. Like, um, I bet he thought because he was just mainly going after old people and old women that no one would really care. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Or like, just yeah. notice because it's like, well, they were old. They were old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah like it's very how was he have you read into the case because i don't think i have since it was around and i probably didn't read that deeply at the time and just saw the headlines how was he actually killing them was it like giving them prescriptions yeah, of things so, that were too much or... so i think it was um largely morphine he was uh, overdosing right. them on morphine um right. i think let me just double check mm. and the motive was uh was it partly the will thing or was it just because he was like power i i think mitch i i think i reckon it's a case of he just liked doing it and then realized oh this is Oof. something i can oh, get out of this is, get away with is forging is... their will and getting some money out of this as well mm. Um, Do you know what? That is actually more chilling, like the fact that the money thing came later, secondly, in my opinion. Yeah, Because yeah, like absolutely. the fact that someone just gets off on the mere thought of killing someone or the act of killing someone is terrifying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, it's absolutely like the case of, um, like, it does happen and they're called, like, in the medical profession, like, nurses. I think I think he's the first doctor to have been right. ever found guilty for this kind of thing. Um, right. Some, uh, usually it's nurses and they're known as like oh. angels of death. Like they <sighs> really, like they get something out of, yeah, they, they, it's a it's a power kick. It's a... And it's so chilling because it's like they're in a position of care and like you trust them. Mm. And so you, you just don't think that anyone that would ever take like a medical oath would be capable of something like that. But of course, you know... Yeah, it takes all sorts. Let me just. What do you remember of this, um, Matt? In when you were how not old, much. You were I mean, the same age as me, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. I think I remember it coming out. I I would not not been able to say it was twenty years ago. Um, it's one of those things that already feels quite timeless. Like if if you'd asked me just now, I'd say either it's way longer than twenty years or way sooner. Like I can't place it, but it's yeah, pretty infamous, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know how much I read into it, but. Not, I mean, like same as you. Not enough at the time, but now it's apparent that you know he is our most recent kind of Jack the Ripper star monster. Mm. Like he's he's the big name to throw out when it comes to British uh, killers. Um, yeah, and the fact that yeah that number's so high is is really shocking. 
Is he still alive? No, he killed himself. Um, oh, in, when did he do that? Uh, two thousand and four. He hung himself <gasps> um, in prison, um, and they reckon part of the reason he maybe did it is because um, his wife had always, um, even after he was convicted for this, his wife, like, um, stood by him and was like, he's innocent. He's been, this is, this is rubbish. He's innocent. Right. Um, and, but Poor they wife. found letters um, to him, uh, to, uh, from her to him, um, I believe, basically her being like, beginning to sound like she's questioning his innocence basically sort of mm. seemingly slowly After he's gone to prison yeah so slowly right. she's coming round to the the possibility that actually he did do this and she's oh. like writing to him in prison and being like just tell me the truth like all of it whatever it is just tell me the truth so i wonder yeah. whether it was like the last person who was believed that he was good suddenly is like didn't uh, are you and yeah they, they reckon maybe potentially that was a, a motive or a, a contributing factor to him yeah he couldn't handle it yeah couldn't couldn't oh what a nasty piece of work yeah absolutely because oh, well, because because where you are at the moment as i can see on the zoom you've got your fan going it looks like a ghost of somebody is just constantly pulling Blowing your hair, hair in the corner just like <laughs> shipman watch out <laughs> and to stop everybody screaming at the podcast in the last 10 minutes it was Lauren Bacall in uh, The Sopranos not Catherine Hepburn it was <laughs> see I just saw it and thought it was like her Beyonce wind machine yeah it is <laughs> <laughs> what, who was it on The Sopranos uh, Lauren Bacall so Audrey uh, Bogart oh, yeah. uh, um, yeah. who was fantastic yeah because she died yeah uh, Catherine Hepburn did die 2003 so she was around the same time uh, I'm right. assuming Laura yeah. McCall wasn't soon after, but they're the kind of actresses you don't think of of still being around and being in stuff in modern yeah. in, uh, day mid noughties. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there we go. That's what I've got. Wow. Okay. Well, let's uh, from from <laughs> from serial killers to I don't know what in uh, in Animobile. We haven't got any murder trials going on today. Uh, we've got no trials whatsoever, actually. Um, so we <laughs> it's an odd episode this one i think i yes, don't know we'll talk about I it as we go through it i'm likely <laughs> going to agree but go on yeah. <laughs> so uh just friends who is just friends why are they just friends why are we talking about it now we will find out <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it is snowing outside at the start of the episode and ali is working late um but she's interrupted by Vonda singing lyrics from the song See Me, Feel Me from Tommy, the, the, that musical that's written by The Who, the mm -hmm. rock opera. Um, and Have you not heard <laughs> of Tommy? Heard of this. No. Tommy. You don't know what Tommy is? No. So The Who, you know Tom, The Who? Can you see me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah, know The Who. Yeah. Yeah, um, they wrote, or I think they, um, it was it was one of their um, albums, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it, did the album come first or did the film come first? You might know um, this better. With Tommy, I can't remember how closely they're linked, but they did, they did it a couple of times. So yeah, they got Tommy 
and Quadrophenia, they're two kind of yes. rock opera so, albums. Exactly. Oh. So I, actually, I'm looking it up. So the, the album came first with Tommy. I don't know if that's the same with Quadrophenia. But um, so it's a, the album and it was designed to be like a rock opera that tells right. the story of this guy, Tommy. Um, I don't, I've never seen it. So I've not seen the film. So I don't know. What, but I know the songs because they're quite famous. But um, yeah, it's like a prog rock, mm. Okay. you know. Yeah, you know, Pim- Pimble Wizard, that's on there. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Because he's um, a okay. blind, blind, deaf, and dumb kid. Yeah, yes. and they made it into I think it, this, the album came out in 69 and they made it into a film in 75 and then I think it was a Broadway musical way after that as well for a, a time oh. but um, yeah it's um, I had no idea yeah a concept album <laughs> yeah I mean I've heard of concept <laughs> albums but I didn't realise that they yeah basically turned that album into a film effectively well, or a musical the album was designed to be like a story from start to finish yeah, and yeah story, like a theatrical like it was, story yeah um so and so that obviously lends itself really well into yeah. translating like, it into like a imagine film. something like uh, green day american idiot that's like a a, <laughs> a modern example the same thing mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. also became a stage show of course or like, the way it's laid out it's like a story it's got characters in it like, um, characters plays out in acts like yeah. Plan B did like the is it like the yes. incarceration of yes Strickland Strickland Banks Banks yeah 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 that's yeah. a similar yeah. thing yeah. isn't it same, yeah. same 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 idea yeah cool. but in the seventies yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's a, it's the song yeah it's the song see me feel me from Tommy um, and um, but every line's kind of coming in intermittently as Ali's like what's going on so it's like see me and Ali's like. <laughs> I was like, yeah, can't. she already yeah. seems like a completely insane person yet again. Yes, just like, yes. That's coming not into changed, it with like, you know, man. yeah, with very little context again. If you start watching it having not done it, you're just like, okay, she's crazy, right? She's mad. She's, she's hearing things, she's staring at people, just she loves blankly. To hear some things. Yeah. Um she she's trying to shake it off um and then a bit later you know jumps to her all bundled up ready to leave the office when um she bumps into john at the elevator and they've both been working late and Vonda's like touch me (laughs) and ali's like yeah and john's like i didn't say anything like what's wrong and ali is like oh nothing i don't even like dating and it's just (laughs) she's making no um and then John starts talking, but um, Vonda drowns him out with like more of the who. So he's, you know, uh, the listen to you, I get the music. I, I'm not going to sing it because I'm not very good at it. But um, <laughs> it's, um, she's just staring at John as the music is playing and she's looking at him in this whole new light and she stops. Um, the, the music stops just as John says, how is it you and I can stand right in front of each other's noses every day and not see what's right? In f- no, that's not right. How is yeah, that? he does. He yeah, does yeah, say it's does. a really awkward line. He says, how can we stand in front of each other's noses and not see what's right in front of our noses? Yeah, I wrote that down. <laughs> like, what? I was like, that cannot be what <laughs> that line that says. <laughs> because that makes no sense. But that is what it says. Okay. So, yeah, he says that. And, um, and then... There's more Vonda and they both just drop each other's cases and start making out passionately and like tumble into the lift. And then Ali wakes up because it's all just a sexy dream. She's having sex dreams about her boss, everybody. So Well, then... well that's it. This was this is my first question to you guys. Like how their relationship, Ali and John, is this like 
un, un, underlying sexual tension is this brand new has this come out of nowhere is it because i <gasps> well, thought a storyline right. like this would have come up this is my wow. note because i'm like where the at the title sequence in a minute i just was like where the fuck has this come from right like <laughs> this is just no, i haven't literally, missed anything it's just no, yeah to, to me this is the third time i'm pretty sure it's the third time ali has contemplated like a romance with john like I yeah, think they do but a... every time it's been put to bed, absolutely, and like, and yeah. then it just comes again out yeah. of nowhere. It's like what? <laughs> like, yeah, you've already yeah. explored this. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's like the show's really trying to clutch at sh- the two Ali and John straws and like mash them together <laughs> desperately. And every time it's like it's not gonna work. Is it? Is it every season when they need a filler episode yeah, to run out of money? Like, let's let's drag out the Ali and John thing again. This yeah. is what I think. This this episode to me, and I was going to say this at the end, but we might as well just lay all our cards out on the table now. <laughs> like this just feels like such a filler episode to me. Yeah, and it was just like yeah, nothing's completely. happened in this episode. All it's done is trod over old ground that didn't need to be trodden over, over because it's not moved the storyline yeah. forward in any way. Yeah, like yeah. it was just really odd. I and I felt like David E. Kelly went through his rolodex and was like. <laughs> well, we could do this again. Like, I need to fill another episode. And Literally, I, from this opening scene, I was like, seriously? Like, we've done this twice already. Like, we're going to go round again? <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Right. Um, so, yeah, so Ali's had this sexy dream and she gets into bed with Renee and I feel like she lies disturbingly close to me. Because if I woke up and Ali was towering or anyone was that close to me, I'd end up like punching them in the face. I assume they're housemates. She hasn't just broken into a house and been no, like, no, they are still, they are still sharing, they are still a, roommates, sharing a flat. Yeah. Um, uh, she wakes Renee up. Renee isn't impressed, understandably so. Yeah. Um, and Ali tells her about her dream, which she thinks is actually more of an epiphany. Um, basically, her dream's trying to tell her that John Cage is the one. And Renee just rolls over. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ali's nose whistles. I'm just like... Same I Renee. am Renee. Same Renee. I yeah. wish I could have rolled over on this entire episode. <laughs> Cover my head with the duvet. Like, yeah, please. Do you guys have memories of this one from the original run or whenever you first saw it? I imagine it's one that just kind of blended into exactly. the Exactly. I right? don't really remember it all that well. No. No, cause... I don't. I remember the one we had before this with the Billy Girls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, not this one particularly. Probably because it's not a great episode. No. Uh, but yeah. Strap in, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Get ready to enjoy yourself. Um, After this, after the titles, Ali um, arrives at the office the next day um, and Elaine immediately tells her that John's looking for her, which causes Ali to just ramble like a giddy schoolgirl and ask what he was wearing. Oh, my God. And then we get the um, get Richard coming up with their new case for Ali to second chair, but we don't hear much about it. Never hear about it again. (laughs) Never hear about it again because uh, we hear the Billy Girls music as Billy and his uh, female entourage just stalk across the office. Um, Ali doesn't look particularly impressed, but Elaine clearly loves it because she says so. Um, And Richard calls Billy over, so Billy goes stay to the girls so that they like stop and do their pose and then he like leaves the group almost like he's got out of a car (laughs) and walks up to Ali and Richard 
and the girls just kind of like stay where they are and, like frozen and, yeah and Annie's I mean you like... can imagine by now I am very confused <laughs> <laughs> and it's like because obviously there's fantasy elements in the show and I was like wait this is a real thing this is actually happening in the reality of the show <laughs> I don't know how or why, but it's a thing <laughs> it we're all is. having to deal with. Because of course she's she's seeing like the chorus girl singers who keep puff, you know disappearing into puffs of smoke. So I'm like, okay, well they're not there. But for a minute no. I was like, yeah, maybe they are. Like, did no. she hired them to follow them around? No, no. Billy's hired some women to be accessories, uh, which is as great as it sounds. Um, and then uh, yeah, and it's very confusing. Is it very much like ah? See, your dad's getting divorced, handling the divorce well. Yeah, <laughs> well, absolutely. he thinks he thinks that these things help him. Um, you know, have, hiring these women will help him land clients. Um, and it must be working because he keeps doing it, um, <laughs> which is even worse. Um, but yeah, it's clearly some kind of I don't know crisis he's going through. Uh, but yeah, the girls have, have stopped and posed so Billy can walk up to Ali and Richard and find out what they want. And Ali is just like, they heal and they stay. And Ali's, Ali says he's got a meeting with another client and who is apparently, as Ali says, another Neanderthal who responds to an entourage of bimbos. Um, and apparently if dripping with girls helps Billy land the account, he will drip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, meanwhile, the whole time, Richard is trying to get a reaction out of the girls. And it reminded me a bit like, you know, when you get kids or tourists trying to get some of the guards outside Buckingham Palace, to, like, <laughs> yeah. like waving his hands in front of them. Um, but Ali, Ali kind of sums it up by saying to Billy, you know, you're doing this because bam, there's a new man in town. Yeah. She does that back at him. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then Ali walks off and she sees John um, and because John's been looking for her. And he's, she says, do you want me? Um, and it turns out John just wanted her for some kind of random admin query. Um, but it's OK because he's sorted it out. Um, but then Ali just stays next to him, like smiling, and she's like asking him how it's going, and she's being really squeaky and weird. <laughs> and John's like, "Are you dying?" It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Um, but she says, "No, I'm I'm just taking an interest in a friend." Do people think that means I'm dying? And John's like, "Are you sick?" <laughs> and Ali's like, "Forget it." He says something when you know your your best friends yeah. are concerned when you're cons like looking out looking out for someone else's welfare. Um, so in Ali's office, Elaine is there taking her shoes off um, and asks uh, Ali if she's okay um, as Elaine wiggles off her skirt Ooh, and Ali's like, casual "Why?" Stripping going on. Why did you close off? Um, and it turns out there's a potential date of Elaine's who's just called um, and he's in the building and Elaine is putting on her emergency pheromone pants, which are pants marinated in pheromones. Um, is, she keeps is, is in the office. As it sounds. She keeps in this office just in case for these situations. But she keeps them in a spare drawer, like all the men, like, don't go in there, you'll go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You've released we're, the scent. We're in Earth, do you get pheromone marinade? Like, doesn't make any sense. I think does she, she doesn't does, get does the she just marinade. mean they're really sweaty? Yeah, yeah. I don't think she makes the marinade. I think they come marinated. Mm. Oh, pre-marinated musk. 
Um, oh, she looks good though. I oh, think. Oh yeah, no, they look like, lovely. It's just she looks like, great. I don't understand this pheromone marinade. I think we need more information we on the marinade. Definitely do. <laughs> it's funny hearing her talk about this potential date she's got and how you know all pre-online dating it all is still and it's just like they've just been chatting on the phone she's like oh yeah. yeah i can't wait to like meet see what he looks like and things imagine, yeah. imagine that world <laughs> um she's she's justifying these pants because she says it's tough to meet the right man so you have to put in the effort um so as elaine goes to leave ali tries to talk to her about her situation um the you know the fact that she's having these these crazy dreams um and she she asks elaine if elaine's ever met anyone who she thinks would be right for ali and elaine's like no <laughs> and ali's like nobody <laughs> really her. and elaine's like oh no no not it's not because you're not great um but it's because you're so complicated and ali's face immediately changes like uh, yeah it, i am complex and special that makes sense. <laughs> and then elaine continues and she says she thinks the only person really would be john cage um but you don't want to be with him and ali's like oh uh why not? And Elaine's like, do you? And then Ali's like, no, 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 of course not. Um, cause, cause he's with Nell. Um, but she asks Elaine more like, but why, why did you say John? And Elaine says, well, it's obvious. You've both got that inner world thing and you get him better than Nell. And if you ask me, he gets you better than Billy ever did, which she's not wrong. Cause no, Billy barely yeah. gets anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but then Ali immediately has these like, flashes of imagination imagining photos of her and john on their wedding day yeah. <laughs> like polaroid cake. like flash up yeah i was just thinking like is that all it takes with her like just have somebody say you know what you two and she's like imagine the wedding it's like because yeah, does she has she ever been attracted to john it's like is this ever a thing and it's like is that all it's taken at this point she's like you know what I'll just, it's like, I'm gonna, just going to settle the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or try to, anyway. It doesn't take much. Um, it she, really doesn't. She runs out of her office and she bumps into John again. And she's all like, oh, hey, how's it going? And John's like, um, it's been two minutes. Uh, I'm still fine. <laughs> and Ali's like, oh, you. And she's like patting him playfully. And John's like, what right. is going on? And Ali says, I'm just adjusting to the new millennium. And I was like, firstly, oh, yo. I miss having that excuse. Yeah. <laughs> firstly, yo, excuse me, millennium, obviously. <laughs> But I would love it. I, I, I now want to How use that as an excuse. Like in 2020, yeah. I'm going to be I'm just, just adjusting. adjusting to the new millennium. <laughs> yeah, I'm just adjusting. Um, but then um, we get this on the soundtrack, um, It's So Easy, which is a song by Linda Ronstadt, starts being sung um, as John walks away and Ali looks over and sees Vonda's Iket singers like singing in one corner of the office. And then Ali like shakes her head and like walks straight through them and they disappear in like a puff of dust, like they're vampires. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just, oh, Ali is acting very strangely and everyone's noticed. Yes, um, so <laughs> she's not subtle. <laughs> um, Elaine's date, who is a guy called Bob, has arrived um, and he's found Elaine at her desk and he's like, okay, so let's go for lunch then. And then, but Elaine comes around her desk and is like, actually, I lied about wanting to go for lunch. It's just, I say that because it's safer than going out at night with a stranger. 
um, that I've not met. But we've now met I've now. met you for five seconds. Yeah. I've met you like literally for 30 seconds. Um, so let's make it dinner. And Bob's like, okay, sure. I'll see you later. Really nice to meet you. Um, and Ali's watched this whole thing and is really like astounded at Elaine's like skill in manipulating him to go to dinner <laughs> rather than lunch. <laughs> So and like it's cool. I just asked him. <laughs> but Elaine's also like, it doesn't just happen, Ali. If you want to end up with Mr. Right, you have to make it happen by forcing lunch dates to be converted into dinner dates. <laughs> That's how you get Mr. Right. <laughs> but then Ali immediately starts hearing... And she shakes that off again and she goes into her office and she's like holding her head and John comes in straight after her wanting to know what is wrong because normally they would tell each other if there was something wrong. And Ali's like, okay. And she tries to talk to John about this hypothetically because obviously she can't tell him um, the real reason. So she says, if I was to meet a guy who could be the one, but he's with someone else, um, and, and before she can get too far finishing that train of thought, John just interrupts and he's like, oh, well, that happened to me. Um, and he starts telling this story about how he was convinced that a woman was the one once, but she had stuff going on with her old boyfriend. And this boyfriend was also John's friend. Um, but he says, you know, I'd never met anyone like her. And Ali's like, oh, well, what did you do? And he's like, oh, well, I asked her out and it was a complete disaster on the date, but we're still friends. In fact, I think we're the best of friends. And Ali still hasn't gotten it yet, what he's referring oh to. All this insistence that they're best friends, I'm always like, are you best friends? <laughs> <laughs> You're not my best friend. <laughs> but she, Ali's like, do I know her? And John's like, uh, duh, like, it's you. I'm talking about you. Um, and so, Ali's yeah. like, it's me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell they, me again. But like literally this happened I'm like, not that long ago. Why are you so fucking dumb, Ali? Like, why are you <laughs> acting like this is brand new information? Like, I don't yeah. get it. We've covered this. Like, this is oh, we've done this storyline already. Like, it just drives I know. me nuts. Oh. Is that so, whole thing, all, all that stuff John says, is that something we've previously seen happen yeah, in an episode or is it just implied all, history yeah this is all very much the history of their relationship so he's yeah. telling her all stuff she already knows they've already referred well, she should have known yeah well, but she already well, she, like they she does have know. referred to each other as they've like talked about it best friends and soulmates mm. soulmates and, and she like, was acting so surprised when yeah, he said guess it, what it was you well like, because huh? the way he tells the story if you're someone that's watched it like religiously from the beginning it's very obvious quite quickly that he's clearly talking about Ali but then Ali's like do I know her and you're like <laughs> like yeah. I've literally seen you have these conversations because yeah John was um John was chasing her and being like, I think we're meant for each other. And it was Ali that was like, no, no, I, I don't think I can. And then they had like, that was in like season one. And then season yeah. two, I think they, they had another, they had another episode where they, cause it, it was off the back of like Nell saying that, oh, yeah. I think you're um, right for Ali to John. Um, and that you're in love with Ali to John. Yeah. And they do, they end up having conversations, Ali and John, about being 
like soulmates but in like a friend way like yeah um so this is all like not new information and it it just no. like to have ali this clueless it doesn't make any emotional sense any sense no. emotional or not like it makes no sense <laughs> So, of course, Ali's gone to stare at herself in the mirror in the unisex. Um, and she's uh, fantasizing again to the soundtrack of See Me, Feel Me, of her and John walking hand in hand in the snowy night. Um, and then Ling comes in and interrupts her reverie, being like, oh, what's wrong? Because even she knows that what it means when Ali stares into the mirror um, and Ali's like well maybe I just like looking at myself did any of, anyone ever think of that <laughs> and I'm like I think it's a little bit of both <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, but then Ling is like okay fine don't tell me um, but then Ali's like okay fine and she tells Ling all about it but she doesn't name any names you know she's like this guy I've known for a long time it could be perfect for me um, but he's got a girlfriend um, and Ling's like, well, there's always a girlfriend. All the best men are taken. Um, and Ling then asks if this is someone who would be a fun date or someone who's the one. And Ali's like, well, the one. And then Ling says, well, you shouldn't hold out out of co courtesy to a woman who isn't your friend because most women don't ever get to meet that man, let alone have the chance to be with him. But then Ali says oh, but what if it doesn't work out and I just ruined his relationship? And Ling's like, oh, well, if you're worried about him, forget it. Like, you shouldn't go near him. <laughs> and Ali's like, great, thanks, big help. And then she just goes yeah. back to the mirror to stare at the mirror. <laughs> I found that to be all quite savvy advice, really, from Ling there. Like, it, a lot of, it made a lot of sense. It was saying, you know, just think about what you want and what you're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. Ling doesn't really make sense as a whole, is Ali really thinking of John as a potential the one like is it because if they've had like nothing has happened it's like it seems quite a stretch to just be like oh you know what maybe this guy that I work with and hang out a lot he's just hmm I don't know the one it's like okay <laughs> calm down calm down <laughs> she always does this though like no one's ever like someone to get Have to fun know, with yeah or, like uh you know just see where it goes like it's everyone needs a like, wedding fantasy the one or it's <laughs> yeah. like not worth talking about yeah. yeah all or bust basically yeah um John, uh, meanwhile, has invented um, at his desk, apparently, remote controlled oh <laughs> heels that shorten at the touch of a button, which I'm sorry. He's just like a hobbyist inventor over here. Like, does he not have a job to do? Well, yeah, that, but also that invention will not work. Like the ball of your foot would just be pointing into the air. Yeah, you'd fall like, over backwards. Else, you would just fall over, like you'd just be tips off balance. Yeah. Like, it's just the most impractical invention ever. Like even when he's demonstrating it on the desk, like you can clearly yeah, see- Yeah, it all goes back. Yeah, like, you, the toes you just pointing fall upwards. back. It's just, it's like, that's not, that doesn't work. But anyway. It's like every time, every time Nell uses it, it's always a shot where you just see her go whoop and drop. You, you never see it as a wide where you see it happening to the shoes as well. Because it's, it's like, possible, man. it wouldn't work. It wouldn't, it wouldn't work. work. That's not the way shoes work. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Nell comes in and, and John is kind of scrambling to get rid of the shoes, but Nell sees it and it's like, what's that? And he well, kind of like, goes, okay. Oh, you have a shoe fetish now. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Well, because he goes, oh, it's just shoes. 
Um, and now, now jumps from seeing some heels to John having a foot fetish, <laughs> which I thought was a big leap. But okay. <laughs> and John stops her and it's like, no, they're for you. And then she's like, oh, great. Oh, thank you. They're beautiful. I love them. And she puts them on and she's really happy and she kisses his forehead. But then John is like, watch and he presses the button and now just shoots down um and instead of toppling over which is what would actually happen um, john kisses her and then he just pops her back up like and then he goes that's what they're for and now's like what <laughs> she looks mortified i it's one of those things where it's like like it's it's a funny like visual gag but at yeah. the same time, I do feel quite sorry for now because basically I feel like John is saying that her height is a problem for him to solve. Mm. Like I have more to say on this later. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which... It's like he's just trying to pimp her out like a, you know, like as a, just a toy or <laughs> something. It's like, you know what, I, I made these for you, but they're for me really. Yeah. So that I can feel better about well, my okay. height. Well, okay. Yes. we've gone there, you've just landed on it. I was going to save this for right at the end of the episode. Okay. But this is my... And the reason why I haven't thrown it in here was because I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt um, at this point, because I was like, maybe he's just demonstrating the functionality um, and, uh, you know, he's just showing her what it can do. Um, but at the end, very end of the episode, we see um, him take that out. And as they're walking down the street and just make her go shorter so that he can kiss her and pop it back up again. So it appears that the remote definitely is for him to have mm. control of yeah. and not Nell. Yeah. And I'm like, she has no, no practical use you. for shoes that shrink her down. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, no man should be controlling your body in any way. If that's if you're going to have shoes like that, yeah. Nell should have the remote and be in control of when she's short or not. Yeah. Like, not you, John. Yeah. She's not your, like, Barbie doll for you yeah. to just adjust height yeah. for your convenience. It's all super weird and controlling. Yes, yeah. that's it. Absolutely. It's like an element that you'd expect from like another character maybe, like from what I'm taking from John anyway. It's like you see him in his role in this episode and what he plays as and then he has that subplot. And I don't know what that says about him and him and Ali when, when he's with his actual girlfriend, he's just, you know, adding Inspector Gadget effects to her. It's like, what, what, what's he doing? But I think it's actually, like, John is um, a very gadgety kind of man. He has, like, a remote for mm. his toilet and all that kind of thing. And He's just got a remote for everything. He's got an arm full of buttons. Yeah, like, absolutely. He is Inspector Gadget. He is Inspector Gadget. That's a really good way of describing him. But it's, it's that... Except he's controlling other people. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, it is that... Um, I don't think he often thinks about what the effect of other people sometimes. Mm. Like I, I, no. I don't think he stops to consider other people sometimes. Mm. Like no. How, yeah. how, do, how do they play his relationship with Nell? Is it a case of he's insecure about it because he's thinking like, wow, I've lucked out here because she's yeah. you know, amazing. Yeah, he, is, he, is he kind of always on the back foot a bit and a bit unsure of himself? Yeah, I, I think yeah. very often he feels like, oh, um, people will see her with me and think that um, like she's only with me for money or, you know, like mm. something like that. Like he he is insecure about the fact that she is so conventionally tr attractive and and he is not 
Um, mm. And because yeah. what's the last episode we did that I was on the season two premiere? Was that Nell's first episode? It was. was yeah, a lot of it was yeah. about him being like, oh, yeah, I, oh, 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 oh. yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely." It had a very problematic beginning, their relationship, but it's it's not exactly progressed well. <laughs> no, it hasn't at times. They can be very sweet together, but... Um, and they do... And it is clear that they do care about each other. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not flawless, their, their partnership. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Meanwhile, in uh, Billy's office, Sandy is quitting. Yes, Sandy. <laughs> Billy's like short-lived secretary. Um, but Billy is somehow confused as to why she would possibly not to w- want to work for him. Like, I'm like, why are you confused, Billy? Why is this not crystal clear? <laughs> and Sandy says it's because she wants to take her career seriously like, you know, God forbid. Um, and she wants others to take her seriously as well. And they won't when the lawyer that she works for struts around with Robert Palmer girls. Um, she thinks he looks silly, so it makes her look silly. But then Billy is like, I'll just get rid of the girls. I want you to stay. So I'm just going to get rid of the girls. And Sandy's like, okay. And I was like, so close, I... Sandy, you nearly escaped. <laughs> but I really hate that, that bit where he like, near the end like of that scene, he like grabs her upper arms to like, oh, he does. convince yeah, her, her of his sincerity, of his intention to get rid of the girls. Like, he's her high school boyfriend. Like, it's like, you are her boss. Like, this is so inappropriate. Get off her. Like... Everything about Billy is inappropriate. <laughs> I, I mean, so he on. made it's her... kind of like, he's like Eminem, Stan, blonde, skinhead yes! haircut as well. And... <laughs> <laughs> he is. That's so uh, funny. That's hilarious. Let's hope he doesn't start rapping because that will really... <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine? <laughs> see how midlife crisis they can make one single character. <laughs> yeah. Just it all in. <laughs> um, so then Elaine is admiring her butt in her tight, tight pheromone pants in the, in the unisex. Um, and she's asking Ling about her boobs, like whether they're too perky. And Ling's like, oh, actually, they need to look alive and awake. And she's like adjusting the position. Is this a thing that happens, girls? Or is this a David E. Curry special? I have literally uh, never had a a female friend adjust my boob position for me. Say, gotta look awake. Awake. Wake up. Yeah. But anyway, Ling's like gets them in a position where she thinks that they do look how they're supposed to look. And as she's holding them in that position, John walks in in them um, and Ling's like, oh, what do you think, John? Um, And John all but starts drooling. He's basically like, uh. I mean, he looks, sorry, I was going to say, he looks like he's really uncomfortable about how pleased he is about seeing what it's like. He's like, this is great, but I know it's not good that this is great for me. <laughs> I just thought that, you know, because you, you know, the camera angle changes and you see him walk in, see them and pause. But I was just thinking, like, if it just hard cut to him just there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Then Annie follows John in and she's all like weird and chirpy with him again. Um, And she's like, it's been more than two minutes. He's still going good. I bet it is. And then she just leaves as quickly as she arrived before John can even say anything. So, you know, that's a fun scene for John. And I think Ling and Elaine both notice like that she's being weird with John. 
I mean, it's not hard. No, it's not. It's not. Um, so then we follow Ali storming across the complex to her office as Vonda sings It's So Easy Again. And Ali's really dismayed to find the Ikets in her office this time. And Ali just screams, it's not easy at them. And they just stop and shrug and disappear in the puff of dust. Oh, and then John has come in behind her and slammed the door and Ali wheels around as John confronts her about her weird behaviour and Ali basically admits that it's him that she's been talking about um, she had a dream last night about them together as a couple and it hit her and it's just kept hitting her since because you know John can see into her inner life um, she can sometimes hear Barry White as well and um, John once said to her that she brings him out and she realized that he brings her out um and she you know she parts of the parts of her that she's too embarrassed or scared to share with others she can share with him um and she's got the eyecats running around singing how easy it is to fall in love and she can't shake it and i was like ali it's like not even been a day i know that's not enough time to shake anything like anyone can be obsessed with someone for a day do you know know. what i mean like just have a good night's sleep and a nice meal and forget all about it this is all over like one sexy dream like i'm just kind of like i've definitely had sexy dreams about people that i have zero interest in and like i've woken up the next day and i've not been like oh my god what does it mean because when i'm conscious when i'm conscious (laughs) i am not attracted to in any way. Ah, is, is that the key is that the key to Ali's entire psyche? It's like her, her dream brain and her waking brain are, are the, the same. same. <laughs> and they need to not be. <laughs> it's like you can't go around in real life going, What does all this dream stuff mean? I, I will right. act on them in reality. I think you're right, because she has hallucinations and because she has a lot of fantasies, I think she is she just struggle to see the difference, the difference between yeah. conscious and unconscious thought and like mm what is reality and what is actually worth paying attention to. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, there's yeah. something in that. Yeah. It feels like if she had like a nightmare and there was a monster that jumped out and scared her, that then she'd spend the entire next day at work like cowering in fear and be like, it's coming! <laughs> I think she me. would. <laughs> well, yeah, I think she would. And I think, you know, in a way, she's kind of got a reason to be worried about that because she's had dreams about things like Al Green or whatever before, and then they have just turned up in the middle of the day. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's, it's kind of got basis in, in fact. For her. <laughs> um, but anyway, John looks a bit taken aback at all of this, and he just, like, walks out of her office. Um, and Ali leaves her office too um, and bumps straight into Nell, who basically looks disgusted to be that close to Ali. <laughs> and they're extremely frosty with each other as we get more kind of uh Vonda singing a song called uh keep your hands off my baby which is by little eva and she sings like um a line in between parts of of Ali and Nell's kind of frosty conversation um and Ali's asking where John is um and Nell says oh well he rushed off saying he'd meet me at the bar and and, and Ali's like oh yeah I guess it's that time and Nell's like yeah like 
<laughs> and then we kind of fade into full Vonda in the flesh singing the rest of the song at the bar um, and Richard and Ling are dancing Sandy and Billy are dancing and Elaine and Bob are dancing and Bob appears to be the worst dancer of all time <laughs> he, I don't even know I wouldn't even call it dad dancing because that does a disservice to dad like, it was God, just he has terrible. such dad vibes doesn't he he's, he's got that kind of like long 90s I New know. York scarf over his coat uh, I, mean, I mean, what was your first impressions of Bob as uh, as a potential match for Elaine? I don't like would, Bob. Would you be tempted? <laughs> I don't think he's attractive. He's not no. the sort of guy that I'd be like, oh, yeah, great. What a dish. It's that lunch yeah. to dinner. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I no. think he just looks like a boring corporate drone. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> agreed. But I also, I just want to point out, Nell is wearing yet another poncho this episode. <laughs> like, Okay, a, poncho watch. It's a monochrome poncho, uh, poncho this time. Last she episode. is, yes. It, it's uh, a lot bigger than the last one. It is a lot bigger, but like I a, think like it is... It's like an actual picnic blanket. Yeah, but I do think it is less <laughs> ugly With than the last one she was wearing. So okay. I'll let her have it. So you approve? I, uh, what would you approve, score this poncho out of 10? Approve is a strong word. <laughs> I think it's quite handy because you could use it as a picnic blanket. <laughs> <laughs> if you needed to. Hey, I definitely remember the year of, I don't know, 2005 when ponchos, ponchos were all arranged. And you then. definitely had some ponchos. ponchos. Were yeah, I had a poncho. Yeah. I didn't have stole my poncho. I, I was, was going to, I thought this would come up. I thought this would come up. I knew it. I, I've never forgiven you. I remember this so well. I, it, it became like a huge ruckus, didn't it? Because... I hadn't you, had you a chance to wear it, you and you stole it. it before I'd even taken the fucking label off. You bought it, but you bought it for like a festival, didn't you? You were for Reading like, Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just decided to wear it on a shopping trip out on the day you were going to the festival, and you were like, "Where's my poncho?" Literally, <laughs> never been so angry. <laughs> but also, maybe because it wasn't like you. I was with Matt and Paul. I remember. Well, it's your fault, Matt. <laughs> oh, what? It's come back to me again. Time up for this. Well, because I was just sowing the seeds of distrust. The worst thing about it was is that, Eleanor, you've literally never borrowed anything from my wardrobe before or since. So That's I'm like, what, what possessed you to do it then? That's what you think. I was always borrowing stuff from your wardrobe. Oh, now she finds out. <laughs> But never when I, like, needed it. (laughs) (laughs) I got in so much trouble because mum called me while I was out shopping because you were, like, going insane. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, do you have Laura Jane's Mum was like, Eleanor, she's entered the poncho (laughs) raid. Do you have Laura Jane's poncho? And I was like, no. Whilst wearing it. You little shit. Sound like you're in a poncho. And I think your boyfriend at the time was like, she blatantly has it. You definitely had it. Something you tried to lie. It wasn't Dan or Ed that had taken it. I know. It's so funny. At the time, I just wouldn't be so angry. Oh my goodness. Yes, ponchos. Is that why you're so sensitive to Nell's ponchos? You're like, oh, ponchos. They they hold a place of trauma in my life. I'm very sensitive to them. 
Oh, how funny. My oh my god. How so funny. yeah, uh, thanks for that, Matt. <laughs> yeah, good one. <laughs> Matt's like, I definitely remember something happening about a poncho. <laughs> There's definitely a poncho memory here. <laughs> yeah. Repressed memory. Um, so yeah, so Nell's dancing in her poncho, which can only be sweaty, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ali comes into the bar and sits at the table next to Renee, who asks why she's late. And Ali's like, oh, just had guys to do. I mean, work. (laughs) (laughs) Renee asks if Ali's okay and if she spoke to John. And Ali's like, yeah, but he ran away. And really, it was kind of selfish of me to say anything because he's with Nell. Um, And they both look at at John and Nell dancing. um, And John and Nell look really happy. Um, And Renee's like, oh, please, how good could things be with long blonde? stuck up bitch um which sure well Ali's like tell us how you really feel Renee yeah um so then Elaine is walking home with Bob who is still dancing I don't know why he's still playing that card when it's clearly not as strong the music has stopped yeah um but it seems to be going well and they both had a really good time and, and Bob thinks she's pretty cool. And I was like, she is Bob. Of course she is. <laughs> um, but then we find out that Elaine's also given Bob her phone, her home cell, her pager, her email and her high school. <laughs> so yes. he's got all the ways yes. to contact her <laughs> should he wish to. Um, and then Elaine goes to say goodnight. Um, but Bob is sort of, uh, oh no, the night is young. Um, and he's, and, and Elaine's like, no, uh, it's like quarter to 12 on a Monday. No, Bob. <laughs> then no, Bob, no. he's really trying all the tricks to come oh. into her apartment, eventually saying, I want you. And she's like, oh, that's sweet. And they kiss. Um, and she tries to kind of nudge him away to kind of finish the evening. Um, and Bob's like, oh, but wait, I, th- I thought you liked me. And she's like, yeah, I do, but it's it's the first date, Bob. And Bob's like, oh, but you slept with Danny O'Connell on the first date. And Elaine pieces together that Danny O'Connell must have been the friend that gave Bob her number and he must have talked about, like, what they did. And Elaine goes to tell Bob goodnight. Um, but Bob's all like, hang on, we were clicking. Like, how come Danny gets invited up, but I don't? And Elaine's like, because... We were clicking and Bob's like, hang on a minute. So you're saying you like me more than you like Danny and I'm punished for that. That's not fair. I should get to come up. And I'm like, this guy. This this is my. This fucking guy. I'm not surprised. Oh Oh, my. It's mine as well. It's your objection. Objection. Hey. Go ahead. Take it. I was going to say just. Fuck off, Bob! Like, <laughs> Elaine is not some sex vending machine that is programmed so that when you put enough fun tokens in, she'll put out. Like, I'm just like, his whole, like you say, his whole protestations of like, it's not fair. I should be allowed upstairs. Like, he's, what a spoiled, he's a, pathetic he's such a whiny baby. Yeah. I should get to come up it's, like you don't uh, get weird, to have it's anything that, it's that weird thing of like you know maybe it's because of the writing of the character and the casting like he doesn't 
look like the type of guy who would have that kind of moany, quite immature response to a date. And the fact that it, he is having that makes it all the more strange. But it's exactly that. It's that entitlement. Oh, I don't know, Matt. Like, no, I was going to say, me and Eleanor are like, he looks like, well, yeah, like exactly like... the kind of guy. <laughs> Oh. I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that's the reason for my objection. It's it's the way he was saying, like, oh, so you like me more, and I'm being punished for it. And like, it's like, punished. oh my it's god, not being punished. Yeah, absolutely. You've had a nice date. In what way yeah. is that a punishment? He's like, like, this is going well. What are you doing? He's like a toddler throwing a hissy fit because he's not allowed on a fairground ride. Like, right. it's like mm. you must be this decent to be on this ride, buddy. <laughs> like, yeah, he's instantly <laughs> torpedoed his chances because, you know, you know, take the hint, buddy. Like, this this isn't hot. Like, how would... You must have you must be able to see yourself in this situation, right? And like from Elaine's point of view, how is this enticing in any way? Even if she, even yeah. if she was how thinking about it now, anyone, well, now I definitely am not. If anyone said to me, "It's not fair. I should get to have sex with you," I'm gonna be like, "Oh, sure, come on in." <laughs> when you put it like that, yeah, exactly. You know what turns me on? Whining. Whining. <laughs> I love a good wine. Yeah. <laughs> Wine and dine has taken on a whole new meaning. <laughs> it's crazy. I, felt, I just felt really sorry for Elaine in the scene as well. Like she puts in a really good performance here, and it's like you can kind of see her. Like the rest of her storyline in this episode is kind of her reckoning with yeah. herself and, and and the type of like vibes and stuff she puts out that maybe she hasn't been realising. And I think it's in this scene when you first see those cogs turning and being like, oh wait, I'm just being sort of passed around the the lads phones yeah and uh yeah. it's the first time it starts to like sink in and it's really quite moving it's actually, quite upsetting it's like, yeah. oh yeah. i see she, it's this type of thing how have i not seen this yeah she just looks really sad as she's like bye bob because it's like oh great well i can't nothing's gonna go anywhere with him now because because you've revealed yourself you know, to be a complete dickhead yeah, yeah. and I, it's um, the other thing I know I liked in the, the end of this scene was when she got into her apartment and looked really sad. And she's lamp. got a lamp, yeah. the lamp with the marabou trim. I was like, I want to see the rest of Elaine's apartment right now. I know. I was like, of course she's got a lamp with a marabou trim. <laughs> Loved it. Great stuff. Uh, yeah, I feel the same. Poor Elaine. I know. My heart went out to her. So the next day... Billy comes out of the elevator to the Billy Girls theme music, but without the Billy Girls. Um, and Ali is like, are you walking naked today? <laughs> <laughs> and he says it's because he doesn't have any meetings. Um, in like a really like... He's so like know, annoyed he's that she's he's pointed like so out. He's shitty with everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, really... it's that thing where I think it's like, he no longer has his front of the girls. And no. now he feels like, you know, like stupid because, but it's that thing of like, but you've chosen to stop using them. So why are you annoyed when someone's pointed out that you've stopped using them? Like, it's a really I weird, know. like, uh, to get I gave shitty up with trying someone. to understand Billy a long time yeah. ago. <laughs> Um, but anyway, Elaine comes up to Ali um, and she's basically had a style and personality transplant because she's wearing a very demure, somber 
like conservative. Almost funereal, like yeah. black outfit. It's like really high necked and long sleeves and her hair's all pinned up and she's all business, like no personality whatsoever. Very like clipped and professional. Mm. Um, professional's the wrong word actually, because Elaine's Just always been professional. Business-like, I, I business would like, say. Like no like, you know, chit chat or anything like that. No. And Ali is just staring at her and it's like, what's wrong like how did your date go go and elaine's like oh it was fine we got along swimmingly he was like a salmon heading upstream to spawn <laughs> and Ali's just <laughs> frowning at her um, and then but then john comes out of the elevator and, and ali just immediately ditches elaine's crisis to go and talk to him <laughs> which i was like ali why are you always a shit friend <laughs> like clearly elaine needs you and you're like hang on a second i, just need I need to, to chase the, the current love of my life <laughs> exactly um so she rushes over to john but before she can get there nell has come up to john and given him a kiss and they're like saying hi and good morning and ali's like oh okay and she like immediately turns back around and goes back to her office um but then richard walks past john and nell and john grabs him because he's like i need to talk to you like in that like emergency boys chat way that he does um because john can't possibly figure out anything about relationships without talking to richard for some weird reason (laughs) and then he grabs him and they walk back past nell and as they do so richard grazes her neck with his finger cat hiss yes not good no so ali is back in her office and elaine is in there with her and elaine's asking ali if people think of her um as promiscuous and Ali's like, well, don't you, like, bill yourself as that? She's like, well, it is your personal brand, babe. <laughs> I'm like, she doesn't walk around like a billboard. <laughs> She's just sexy. <laughs> but anyway, Ali asks what happened. Um, and Elaine tells Ali that basically Bob only went out with her because he was told he'd get laid on the first date. Um, and she, up until that point, she'd been really enjoying the date and she'd even thought he was like a maybe up until then. And Ali's like, well, yeah, well, he's a creep, clearly, not a maybe. And then Elaine's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. He's a creep. Yeah, it, sh- it shouldn't bother me. Um, but clearly it is bothering her. Um, well, I mean, I just want to say, like, this shouldn't be. Like, I know you were saying earlier, Matt, like, you know, this is Elaine grappling with how she comes across. But actually, mm-hmm. this shouldn't be new information to Elaine because literally two no. episodes ago, we had her in a courtroom with a lawyer yeah. talking to her about being the office slut, how she is seen as being the office slut. So again, this is not new information. And uh, David E. Kelly has his characters acting like they've never heard this about themselves before. Or never had to confront it about themselves Yeah, exactly. Mm. And surely being confronted in a courtroom is more or just as confronting as a date playing that back right? Yes, absolutely. It's just like convenient amnesia when it comes to character traits of themselves. I guess it's almost like a sitcom thing where it's like, you know, no learning, no hugging, but in a (laughs) long-running drama. And it's like, well, if you're going to save the episode for someone to have a big revelation about themselves, then have that happen and move forward. Yeah, no. But yeah, I I guess like you say, I guess if this is what David E. Kelly does, he's like, shit, in the episode, let's just have people realise the same lessons they've already learned in... (laughs) less dramatic fashion it's, it's 
it's odd. Yeah. It's, it was very odd. But also, um, I, I kind of expected Ali to say something a bit, like, horribly slut-shaming. So I was quite pleased that she, like, yeah. laid it out, like, well, he's just a creep then, so you don't need to worry I'm about really him. I'm really pleased about that as well. Yeah. I was really dreading how Ali would react to this. I mean, obviously, she's made some missteps, like, just running off when they need to sort But at least, you know, when she is talking to her, she isn't saying hugely you know degrading and awful things to her no um so that's good uh but meanwhile (laughs) yeah (laughs) points Um, meanwhile richard is counseling john who has just told richard what what ali said to him um and uh and, and John's really struggling with it because he's always had some feelings for Ali, um, which Richard is obviously completely unsurprised by because he's mentioned it several times. Um, and Richard thinks that the only question that John has to ask himself is, can he sleep with Ali without Nell finding out? Oh my God. <laughs> and John is like, no, that's not the question. Um, he's saying, I'm struggling because I love Nell, but I've always wondered about my connection with Ali um, and that it could even go deeper than what I have with Nell. Um, and Richard's like, ah, oh, so you want to have your cake and eat Ali too. And John gets really annoyed <laughs> that Richard just won't take him seriously. And I'm like, why do you not know that this is what he does? <laughs> this is how he always plays things back to you. Um, but anyway, Richard says, look, who do you want more? And John doesn't know because he realises that he hasn't actually really fully explored a relationship with either of them. Obviously, he's not explored one with Ali, but he doesn't feel like he's really let himself go deep with Nell either. What's he been doing all this time with Nell if he doesn't feel like he's actually explored a proper well, relationship with I know what he means. Her? I know what he means because they have... Um, they've only gone so far, well, right? I mean, it's not been that long that they've been together. No, but, I mean, it has been, like, a year-ish. I guess. I mean, I don't... Okay. I, I just was like, what have you been yeah, doing been with that if you're not exploring a proper relationship? Well, he's clearly not... They've yeah. not been talking about each other's lives before they met each other because Nell only found out last episode that he'd slept with a sex worker. So they're not having those, like, deep and meaningful, like, chats. They constantly misunderstand each other about the future, um, where this is all headed. Yeah. Um, and I just don't think they connect on that level. They, they're either through um, self-preservation, they don't want to because they're scared that that might be they the They don't want to be end. vulnerable. Um, or what? I don't know. But I know what he means. That did kind of resonate with me. Okay. They just kept it as like fun. Okay. Okay. Richard says, oh, well, just explore Nell tonight and go spelunking with Ali tomorrow. <laughs> and John is just like, you know, it's just that simple with you, isn't it? Sex, 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 sex. It's waddle with whipper versus knee pit with ling. Well, you put the fish in superficial, damn it. And Richard's like, fish <laughs> in superficial. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he, John stormed out. It's like... Um, I, I don't know why he is desperate to talk to Richard about, about these things. Anything and then it's yeah. by what comes back. <laughs> yeah, I know. When will he learn? I mean, really. Then we see a sight for sore eyes. Um, Georgia. Georgia with a sexy pixie cut. I know. It's, Did it's you notice her hair yeah, cut it's much like, shorter? It's, it's a little bit kind of like a spiky pixie like. Yeah. Cut. Yeah, yeah. I've missed her. I know. I, this is the thing. I've... Um, <laughs> 
we actually last saw her like on Blue Christmas, which wasn't that long ago, but it actually feels like ages ago since we last saw yeah. Georgia. Like it's really, I do miss her. And I'm also a bit confused because they had this big thing about Renee setting up this firm and going it alone with Whipper and now Georgia works there as well at the beginning of this season. And like none of that setup has actually paid off in any way. Like we haven't yeah. seen like Whipper take any cases. We haven't seen like much, just nothing's come from of them. I feel like they could have done more with that kind of yeah. new arrangement. I agree. And I feel like it's it's just meant that we don't see much of those three characters anymore rather yeah. than seeing more of them. It's really annoying. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. But anyway, um, Georgia, uh, yeah, she comes out of the elevator and she immediately sees Billy sat on Sandy's desk, which uh, she doesn't look best pleased about. Um, And she starts walking across the complex. Um, Ling sarcastically is like, hey, we've missed you. And Georgia just ignores her. (laughs) Um, And she walks up to Billy. um, And Billy is really surprised to see her. Um, and Georgia hands him an envelope and uh, Billy opens it and realises that she's filing for divorce um, and Renee is representing her. And Georgia just says, as soon as you decide on a lawyer, just let me know and we can get them together. And Billy is just like really shocked and angry that she's like, he's like, you had to come down here and serve it yourself. And Georgia is like, yes, yeah. I did. And she's like, <laughs> not sorry. And she walks off. <laughs> away. I, yes. I'm like, why are you so surprised, Billy? Like, what do you think it means when your wife takes off her wedding ring after she catches you about to have sex in your office with another woman? Like, did you right. really think this was going to end with you, like, renewing your vows? Like, <laughs> but also, you treated her so terribly is it really a surprise that she wanted to come in look you in the eye and be like here bitch here's your divorce papers yeah like, he's just like oh you're so petty serving them yourself and it's like she's got every right to be fucking petty you absolute wanker yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely he's a ridiculous man really really ridiculous um billy uh storms to his office and stares out of the window and sandy follows him to see if there's anything she can do and she's sort of like i'm really sorry but it's like no there's nothing you can do and he just goes back to staring (laughs) like the wronged man he feels himself to be inside (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> where's his suitcase he needs to hug <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his, his emotional his briefcase his emotional Not support his briefcase he's <laughs> doing what I do <laughs> I have an emotional suitcase his emotional, his emotional support, support briefcase briefcase yeah that's what he needs he likes to hug um, it a lot <laughs> old <yeah>. Billy <laughs> um Ali and Renee are leaving Cajun Fish and Ali is moaning about how awful she feels. And Renee is saying, oh, but you need to take bold steps to get what you deserve. And Ali's like, yeah, and I deserve what I deserve. Like I should get my due. And, and, and Renee's like, yeah, right on. And then the elevator arrives and Ali goes to get in it, but it's just a shaft and she falls to her death. But of course, it's a dream. <laughs> that is like a genuine fear of mine is that one day I'll go to get in a lift and I will not see that it's not there. <laughs> Just fall to my death. 
So you take a full two or three steps in before looking and realizing. <laughs> yeah, oh, like Looney Tunes. <laughs> I mean, I don't like lifts at the best of times. No. I have to kind of pretend that it's not what it is in order to use them <laughs> oh god the ones in my office building are constantly screwing up if i think about the fact that it's just suspending it's a box like suspending me like 30 stories high then i would just never be able to get in one again exactly <laughs> yeah i hate them um yeah so anyway it, of course that's all a dream um she was napping on the couch because you know why do any work <laughs> um, <laughs> i know <laughs> do some work woman <laughs> And then uh, Lynn comes in and is mad at Ali because she's figured out that the man that Ali's been talking about is John because, as we all know, Ling is penile psychic. Um, and she's really mad because Nell is her best friend. Um, and Ali, and and she's like, and also, you're not even sure if you like men. So you shouldn't be going after other people's. And Ali is like, I like men. And Ling is like, give me your leg. And she grabs it and starts like knee pitting her. And Ali's like, oh God. And then she's like, no. And she like pulls her leg away. <laughs> and Ling is like, don't do this. And Ali's like, I haven't done anything. Get out. And then Ling growls and we get a very much missed gif moment as Ali gets up and breathes fire at Ling and Ling breathes fire back, back at, at Ali. Ali. I do really like the scenes between Ling and Ali now because I do think they're quite yes. a lot of fun since they're like uh, their episode where they like considered each other romantically. Like it's yeah. really, but it just made me wish they'd put their like internalized homophobia aside and be together because I think yeah, really round I, out I each think other really well. they're much better suited to each other than any male partners oh, no. that you've both had on the show. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, because is this the same scene where she, you know, Ling goes, "Oh, you just always with the wrong man or something," and like fills up her leg, yeah. and Ali's like, Ooh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, 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 um, complex. Billy is asking Richard who he should have as his divorce lawyer, and Richard is recommending Nell. But Billy's like, "No, I want a team." Um, and Richard's like, "Yep, whatever you want." Um, and then Elaine walks past, and Richard notices her new look and asks her if nuns are getting action these days. And Elaine just goes up to him and is like, "Richard, go to hell." And she walks off. And then Richard and Billy are confused as to whether Elaine was mad at them or not. Um, and Richard hands Billy a cigar so that they can commiserate over women who are all nuts and they like sniff the cigars and put them in their mouths but then neither of them has a light so I mean they're just I just want to throw in a cat hiss and and a poop because I'm just like (laughs) get these monsters off my screen (laughs) I know they're the worst it's horrible awful put together So then Elaine is in Ali's office and she's kind of shuffling papers around and Richard has come to see if Elaine is okay. Um, And if she needs someone to talk to, he could get Ali or maybe John. (laughs) Which I think is Richard's like terrible way of trying to be nice to Elaine. Um, But Elaine asks him um, if he could describe her in one word, what would it be? And he goes, um, blonde. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Elaine's like how about an adjective that describes my personality um, and he's like oh fun um, and she's like fun and he's like smart like he's like 
trying to think of good things to say about her. And she's like, okay, well, what if I was about to date one of your friends and you could only use one word? And he's like, oh, that's easy. And Elaine's like, well, okay, what is it? And he's like, no, easy. And Elaine's like, thanks. Well, that's exactly why men date me because they think I'm easy. Well, I'm not. And you can spread the damn word. And Richard's like, Elaine, you're preaching to the choir. I love sluts. And Elaine's like, she just sighs and she looks really hurt, but she also just looks exhausted at having to explain herself. And she just walks out. And Richard is like exasperated that now Elaine is going through a change and he just can't keep up with his tiny man brain. Like, Poor Elaine. I really hate that some fucking small entitled creep has made Elaine feel like she has to change anything about herself. Like, I know. I just because mm. you can bet your bottom dollar that Bob will have done zero self reflection after that Absolutely day. Absolutely like, nothing. I, I, I bet the only personal growth that man committed to that night was going home and having a wank. Like I just. <laughs> like Elaine you do not need to tear yourself apart over this you did nothing wrong like he's not oh, worth it oh he's not worth it I know that's a fantastic new euphemism, euphemism there <laughs> yeah personal growth <laughs> just going home to reflect on my personal growth <laughs> in my pants <laughs> It's, it's so true though it it's is. so true like, I, like he is such a he's like nothing You and you have done nothing wrong mm. like you don't need to do anything like to change you're fine as you are and again I, I, I think it's like the, the sort of emptiness of this episode as we've discovered like yeah, how it kind of blasts through old plot points we've either already covered or touch on ones that kind of go nowhere and it feels like Elaine having this crisis could easily be something that you could spin out over a few. You know, maybe she could make some bad decisions whilst trying to make a new persona for herself, mm. only to later realise, you know, oh, I've got to have more confidence in myself and be myself. Um, but it just seems like, I'll oh, just chuck her in a new outfit and do her hair up and then just have her <laughs> realise things anyway because of most of what other people tell her and then just go back to normal. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah we managed to have yeah. Billy's crisis last half a season. Why can't we get some more personal growth from other characters as well? Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah well anyway John has his head in his hands in the library um, and Ali comes and finds him and sits next to him and she apologises and says you know it wasn't fair of her to say what she said Um, she doesn't mean to come in between him and Nell it was selfish Um, and John says well it wouldn't have upset me if I didn't want to think about it because this has gone unstated for a long time you know we've we've always talked about being soulmates and how we're both odd and we both have inner worlds and we've got weird things in common um and at some unconscious level we've surely both been wondering if we're right for each other and Ali is amazed because John didn't stutter at all whilst speaking that little speech like, um and John can, says he can speak without stuttering like he does I know. <laughs> you've seen him do it in court quite a lot um, <laughs> Yeah, so John's... Now is it just dramatic shorthand for hip for showing when he really, like, means something? I, I don't, I don't know. know. It's like, oh, I have to point it out every time I see I it. I don't know. But John <laughs> says that he's just come from Dr. Flott, who must be Tracy's replacement. Um, R.I.P. Tracy. I mean, she's not dead, she's but not dead. I'm sad that she's no longer in the show. R.I.P. Um, but he's now... He says he's now focusing, um, based on that conversation with Dr. Flott, he's now able to focus on what he really, truly wants in life. And he had a moment of clarity because he knows what he wants. He wants Nell as his girlfriend 
and Ali as his therapist. And I was like, Great. who says that to someone who's just said, I think I'm interested in you. Just be like, I'll think about it. Actually, no, I think you should be my therapist. Like, yeah, in fact, in fact, I've demoted you from best friend, which yeah. you apparently are. Now you're just my therapist to hear all my but I shit. Just, like, she, like, even if you think Ali's ridiculous, in that moment, she did look so hopeful about what John was about to say. And then he's just like, actually, no. And I was like, how could you have just missed that, John? But anyway, John elaborates that he basically doesn't want to jeopardise their friendship by trying to be a couple. Um, And Ali is like shrugging it off as like, oh, great. No, yeah, that's fine. Um, But you can tell she's hurt by the rejection. Um, And John just gets up and is like, friends forever and kisses her head and like walks (laughs) off as Ali stares at the ground. Friends forever, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) She looks this whole crushed. this whole issue, like you know, it's it's this it's this classic rom com thing of you know can you know can man and woman be friends? The, the whole when Harry met Sally thing, and it's it's played out in a really strange way in this episode, and I guess the yeah. series because it's like you know, of course you can just be friends, mm. and, you know, especially if you probably don't even find somebody particularly attractive, and you're only considering it because of this overbearing sense of what if that's just guiding your judgment. And it feels like that's what guides Ali to yeah. everything. Just like, what if yeah. this? What yeah. if that? And she's just like a dog chasing a car. It's like, what if this? What if <laughs> this? And not like... For John to be so weird about it as well, it's like, can two normal people just sit down and be like, yeah, fine, yeah, we're friends, we're not going to mess this up. Which he kind of says, but in amongst all this other weird stuff, like, I have you as my therapist, I'll make these robo-heels over here. Like, it, he's in, they're both mad. But it's, uh, it's weird because she is like, what if, what if, what if but it's it's never like what if let's just see how it goes it's like what if this man mm. is the man i spend the rest of my life with like, <laughs> yeah. like always not like what if we went for a coffee yeah, exactly. and saw what happened she like extrapolates what if to the end marriage of the group. yeah <laughs> what if it's just crazy they should just bang and get it over with then they'll know <laughs> yeah what if <laughs> yeah what if we're the couple that die on the titanic holding hands in our old age what if <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's crazy what if the notebook um... <laughs> yeah she is one step away from just bringing a gun to the office and doing like a murder suicide no! like Jesus Christ <laughs> so oh, <dear>. um <laughs> Elaine is adjusting her funeral dress in the unisex mirror um and Ali is saying that she looks like Miss Hathaway um but (laughs) Elaine is like well if Billy can change so can I um and then Nell comes in and says morning to them like just quite neutrally um and Elaine and Ali just like frown at Nell and Nell's like I just said morning I didn't say it was good (laughs) and Elaine is like Nell seeing as you're here um how do you think the women here regard me and Nell says I'm not sure they do and Elaine's face just crumples and she like walks off. And I was like, I know that they're bitches to Nell, but that was really mean. And I was just like, I... It's proper, <sighs> we're back to like mean girls bullshit, aren't we? This I scene, know. I think. Like, uh, unnecessary. I'm really struggling with Nell at the moment because I feel like in this episode and partly in the last episode as well, they're really making her a little bit uh, more unlikable um, in a way that... They didn't before. They didn't before. Like, when everyone was saying they didn't like her, like, we would... At the beginning of when she was introduced, we were like, well, that's bullshit. She just seems like a perfectly pleasant human being. But in the last few episodes, she's done some stuff and said some things where I'm just like, that's not nice. That's not cool. Like, you know, when even this episode where she's like, 
oh, John's got a foot fetish. And it's like, no, he doesn't. Calm He's down, just playing yeah. around with some heels. <laughs> and like, just this little dig. And when she was really frosty with Ali earlier, I just, I don't know. Some of it's explainable because they're, they're, they've treated her terribly. But I don't know. It's just, it's just upsetting to me that she's gone down to their level versus staying yeah, with the high I, ground. I think it, I think it kind of makes sense. I think there probably comes a point if you're in that environment where people are like just generally quite unpleasant to you for no good reason. Yeah. Like, I think there does come a point where you would be like, well, fuck this. I'm not going to put any effort Play into, you know, being nice to you people, seeing as you can't, you know, return the courtesy. Yeah. So, why should I bother? Like, I... And this is what I keep struggling with. On the one hand, I don't blame her. But on the other hand, I'm like, don't be mean to Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ali tells Nell off and Nell tries to brush it off as a joke. But Ali is like, life isn't funny. Can you not see that? And she just stops out. <laughs> um, so Ali storms over to find Elaine. Um, but she isn't at her desk. And as Ali's looking for her, Ling calls out across the office that you're still thinking about it. Don't. <laughs> and then there's a gift moment <laughs> as Ali spews fire at Ling and Ling screams and shrinks to miniature size and just runs off. <laughs> and then Ali just like coughs out a smoke ring as John comes up to say good morning. And Ali just snaps at him and storms into her office. Um, but then John follows her because he realizes that she's clearly upset with what he, he said to her earlier. Um, and she wants to know how this moment of clarity came to him and he says well it's because I'm I'm so eccentric and odd I need to be with someone who is more grounded and then he goes and you're a bigger wacko than I am <laughs> and Ali's, Ali's like John like nobody is a bigger wacko than you and she kind of mocks him about seeing Barry White and he starts retaliating, saying, well, at least I know he isn't really there, unlike you and Al Green. And also, you know, Uga Chucka, Uga Chucka, have you seen any babies recently? And they're just throwing these like jibes around their different kind of odd oddities and eccentricities um because Ali's like you know when you do your first drafts your feet smell and nobody wants to tell you because they're afraid your nose will whistle <laughs> and then she finishes off with like the biggest line cross which is making fun of his stutter saying why don't you just go b-b-b-b-b-kip yourself out of here you funny little man and he does this smile therapy smile as well. And she kind of throws in a final jab about that as well. And then goes, what a nut! And like storms out. Yeah. So they've both just been really mean to each other. Yeah, stop mocking John Stutter. I really hate I that this has become a thing on the show. Like Nell's done yeah. it twice. I think Richard may not have like, I think Richard's Well, they had that it. whole court case where the media were mocking it, saying he looked like he was like Porky Pig. Yeah, and like, and and yeah, now Ali's doing it. Like, this is not okay. This is not what a friend does. Like, no, uh, I really hate that it's becoming like a thing to do. It wasn't nice to see them like throw insults at each other either. Cause yeah, they're normally like they don't talk to each other like that. No, so, they yeah. don't usually. Um. So uh, next, Bozo Bob has come to the office to apologise for Elaine um, and to try and get a second chance where he will be a perfect gentleman. And Elaine rightly says, you don't be a gentleman, Bob. Either you are one or you're not. 
Um, and Bob doesn't think he's the bad guy. He thinks they both went out for, with each other for what they thought they were. And Elaine's like, well, we were both wrong. Beat it. And he goes. And Elaine, uh, Ali's watched the whole thing, like, from around the corner. I just like the fucking nerve of this douchebag. Like, this just, bozo. I mean, the bit where he goes, like, look, I'm not the bad guy here. You went out with me because of what you thought I was. And I went out with you because of what I thought you were. And it's like, and she just thought you were a nice guy. Like, well, I don't know a guy. why wrong. <laughs> like, why is she wrong? Why is she the bad guy for thinking that you might if be you nice? you have to say I'm not the... Yeah, you have to say I'm not the bad guy, but then I've got news for you. I think like, you probably are. <laughs> what a tit. Like, I just... Oh. <laughs> he, yeah, beat it is exactly right. Well I done, also, I love that he's called Bob because Bob is such a great name to be like you sarcastically. Be like, like, well, we it, all learned Bob. that from Blackadder. Yeah. <laughs> Bob. Bob. <laughs> oh, dear. Bob, well, Bob. I think that might be the last we see of Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sad. No. Um, so <laughs> later in the evening, Ali finds John with his head and his hands back at the library again, um, and she apologizes again um, because she knows he was right. You know, they're even fighting just at the idea of dating, so that doesn't really bode well. Um, and John points out that they've never exchanged a harsh word before, um, and Ali's like, "Well, you know, all of mine came from hurt, right?" Um, I still love you. I love that you're odd. I love that you're eccentric. Um, and I still love you. But as a friend, and John asks her that you know he's accepted her apology, and it's like, well, you know, what do you think your dream might have really been about? And Ali thinks that she's just so starved for intimacy um, that she mistook friendship for something else. Um, but she's not really sure. But she does know that the thought of losing John as her best friend is unthinkable. Um, and they call a truce and they start hugging and slow dancing to Vonda singing a song called Hello Stranger by Barbara Lewis. Um, and that scene fades into the bar. And it seems, um, it's, am I right in saying that the Billy girls are dancing around Richard yes, in the bar yeah. in formation? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, so the Billy, the Billy girls are doing that whilst the Billy is sat at the bar <laughs> drinking on his own. <laughs> He's left the formation and he's drinking on his own. Um, and Sandy uh, sees him and points out that it, what a cliche he's being. Um, and he's saying, oh, no, but um, it would be, as she says, it would be more of a cliche if you were out there dancing with Richard. Um, and Billy says, well, um, I would be asking you to dance, but I, I realise you probably wouldn't want that. And she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm going home. And Billy offers to walk her. Um, home before he downs a shot and she's like uh okay but that is all you'll be doing and he's like that's all i'm offering <laughs> like just really down in the dumps <laughs> i'm like wow great i enjoy that walk sandy i mean it's one of those things she's like actually on second thought yeah please i would rather be um potentially mugged than walk home with you <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I don't, I, this to me seems like 
I, the fact that she has to say, and that's all you'll be doing, is like red flag. Like with Andy. a panic, <laughs> with a panicked look in her eye. Yes. Like that's not great. This is not a good sign that you feel the need to say this to your boss. Like you really should have just left when. when she should have. <laughs> I was really screaming at her to get out the door, but because she decided is, to stay. When she says like like that she wants to leave the first reason she gives for for doing that is she says because you're a jerk and she's like i i i know she's like she's basically like oh i think you're a great guy underneath the big layer of jerk like and it's just like he's still a jerk like like that yeah like i know yeah, that entire phrase makes no sense. It's just like, oh yeah, underneath this, you know, vast majority of twats, <laughs> I'm sure there's a great guy. You might say, I'm sure there's someone who has the potential to be okay, but to be like, oh yeah, there's definitely a great guy, but you know, look past everything horrible. Yeah. About you. <laughs> That's not if what a great guy is. Ignore <laughs> the massive jerk. Like you could be a great guy. <laughs> It's just yeah. funny because, uh, that, like, Billy, if you think about it, things from Billy's perspective, which obviously I'm loath to do, but um, he has just been, you know, given some pretty shit news today. Like, his, his, you know, he's blown up his marriage and his wife's finally like, that's it, le- let me be free. Like, here you go, here's the papers. And he feels shit about it. But as the audience, how you can have any sympathy with that? Like, I do not understand why i mean it must be because sandy doesn't know him that well and has only really met him in the last few weeks when she's become his secretary that she's even remotely sympathetic and trying to be nice to him because i as an audience member have literally zero sympathy for what billy is going through right now yeah like even if he's had this like revelation that oh my billy girls are stupid and my wife has left me and everything i've done is stupid like too little too late mate i don't care like the fact that you haven't got the you haven't even got the energy to harass your secretary boo-hoo you must be really traumatized i also feel like the fact that she says that um to him like that's all you'll be doing uh, the, the fact that he turns around and is like, that's all I'm offering, is very kind of like much in the tone of like, don't flatter yourself. When it's like, you yeah. blatantly like, like her. Stop trying to act like you don't. And she's caught yeah. on to it. And now you're being like, oh, don't flatter yourself, love. And it's like, everything else up till now has indicated that you're really into your secretary. She's not an idiot for picking up on that. And you're just treating yeah. her like she is. Like, it really, oh, it's, ugh. He's the worst. He, I've got no sympathy for any of the bad things that I, are coming his way. I feel like he's trying to lure Sandy into a sense of, like, false security. Like, trying yeah. to be like, I'm not into you. Like, don't it's flatter really yourself. It's really predatory, Yeah, it is. It is, absolutely. Like, and she, and she looks, like, super unsure as he like stumbles off on the bar and i'm like sandy trust your instincts leave him (laughs) you can get a better job anywhere else (laughs) oh god yeah i you know no escort home is better than this escort home (laughs) no i know Um, so in the unisex, poor Elaine is crying at the sink and Ali comes in and and sees her there and and Elaine tries to brush it off that she's, you know, she's just got mascara in her eye. Um, but Ali just says to Elaine, 
do you regularly sleep with men on the first date? And Elaine's like, no. And Ali's like, well, then he got it wrong. Like, and just think about what the car wash guy thinks about me. And Elaine's like, well, everyone knew that was out of character for you. I'm worried about the fact that I've now got this reputation, like whether or not it's true. Um, And maybe it is just in my character. And Ali points out that Elaine likes putting herself out there as a sexual person. And if people mistake that for being a slut, that just means that they've got it wrong. Um, And she says, you don't have to dress like this. And she says something actually that's very, very good. And I really like this line. Yeah, she says same. there's no power in acting the way you think other people want you to be. And I was like, so pleased that she said yeah. that to Elaine. And I'm also like, where is this coming from? I know. Ali? Like, <laughs> wow, wisdom, wisdom from Ali. <laughs> I know. Holy shit. <laughs> Um, but she's right. There is no power yeah. in dressing the way other people want you to be. And yeah. she is also right. It's everyone else's fucking problem if they have such misguided ideas of what is and isn't um, mm. acceptable to treat a woman because of how she dresses and the energy she likes to put out into the world. Yeah. Um, but she also says, you know, she admires Elaine. Like, why else was she so keen to sing at the Christmas party this year? She wanted to be Elaine for the night. She really likes how optimistic Elaine is. Like, she, who else has pants with pheromones in their office <laughs> just in case? And Ali's like, I want to be like that when I grow up. Um, I love that bit as well. I really love I know. Like, You're an optimist. <laughs> That's what I want to be when I grow up. I was like, It's very cute. <laughs> um, but then Elaine just says that she's lonely in the most little trembly, sad voice. Um, and Ali's like, yeah, I am as well. But, you know, there are worse things. And Elaine's like, yeah, like what? And Ali's like, I was afraid you were going to ask me. And I, just <laughs> and I think about it over dinner if I buy it. And I was like, that's such a sweet scene. I love uh, that uh, scene. Well, the worst the worst thing would be being with yes, Bob. Well, exactly. Oh, you could just, just be married well, to Bob. That's pretty is, bad. Is I think <laughs> Elaine probably thinks that's slightly less worse than being lonely, which just says everything about Ali's exactly. priorities. <laughs> this, but this scene, you're right. This scene made my like heart like glow so much. I know. Like, they have... It's like that little emoji with the smile and the little glowing cheeks. Yeah, like, like I just... The, I, they've really developed like a lovely friendship and you know i think ali's advice is a little bit flawed because obviously it doesn't matter if elaine did sleep with lots of men on first dates or not like it doesn't matter but i yeah i loved it when like you say she said there's no power in acting the way you think other people want you to be and uh yeah i think it might be the wisest thing ali's ever said like right here yeah (laughs) i know put that on a tea towel yeah a mcbealism that's a mcbealism yeah um so yeah so then we um have john and nell walking home and nell asks him what's on his mind because she's obviously not stupid (laughs) she's noticed something's been going on and john's like oh it's nothing we need to talk about um and nell's like oh but we're a couple like we shouldn't really have secrets and john's like well sometimes couples have secrets and nell's like i don't know if i'm comfortable with that (laughs) and then john's like but do you want to know the big secret? And he pulls out his remote control for Nell's heels and he just goes, and she goes short. And he's like, I love you. And he kisses her and he pops her back up. 
which she seems to read as adorable, but this was where I was going to throw in my objection originally. Yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she does look super happy, but like she, her face is like pure happiness when he does this. But I'm like, A, yeah, it's, it, when you think about it a little bit, it's like, yeah, the whole remote shoe thing is like not <clears throat> cool. But also, no. do you think he should have told her? Because I'm, Kind of thinking, yes, he should have told her about yeah. the whole if you're thing with Ali. a crisis of confidence in your relationship, yeah, the other person in that relationship should has know. Right to know. Even if you've gotten over it, I still think it's healthy to share that but with even the other like, person. But even just even if it didn't cause a crisis in your feelings for, oh, for the sure. person you're with, like you should be telling the person you're with that another person propositioned you like, i think so yeah I, I, yeah shows real trust you know shows real maturity in it and be like look we can talk about this stuff yeah. like nothing went on this is kind of what happened out and you know when you both know the person this is what i mean by how john hasn't really explored a proper relationship a deeper relationship with Nell because there's a certain barrier that they both do they both put up and they won't tell each other Share. that deep and darkest like thoughts and you have to do that if you're going to be in a long-term relationship you have to be willing to be open and vulnerable properly yeah you have and they have they don't do that yeah they don't have actually a very deep level of trust with each other no that's what it boils down to i think they've got more than richard and ling had because richard and ling were very just shallow yeah extremely Um, but, but these guys have got like They've only gone us like the bare minimum further. Than yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd agree. Um, so anyway, uh, the end of this episode is a, a classic montage. So Vonda has started singing "You've Got a Friend," uh, Carol King, um, and "Into the Cold Boston Night Sky." As Ali and Elaine are walking um, back from the restaurant, Sandy and Billy are strolling home in what looks like the worst walk home of all time. I know! <laughs> like, just really awkward. Sandy just keeps, like... Like, Billy looks moody as fuck, and Sandy just keeps kind of, like, nervously glancing at him, like, oh, are you okay? But the thing is, it's is almost like they're chaperoning each other, because she's like, I want to make sure that he doesn't, like, drink himself into a depressive ditch somewhere. But he's like, oh, I guess I should make sure she gets home okay. Um... Maybe I'll have a quick grope on the way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like just really I loved not your good. Hand like, oh god, only another thirty-six <laughs> blocks to go. Yeah, classic. Um, so oh. then Georgia, and then we see Georgia walking home alone, um, and then Nell and John are walking along, like playing with snowballs that they've made. Um, and then the final shot is Ali and Elaine laughing along, um, and Elaine like rests her head on Ali's shoulder, and it's like, ah, yeah, that's. So like, that's literally the note I've got is aww. Aww. <laughs> aww. Yeah. Yeah. No, lovely. But so yeah. A bit of a strange episode. Yeah. Yeah. As we've said, like it really felt filler to me. Real filler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feels like this is the this is the time when these episodes would come in, kind of the tenth episode into like a twenty two, twenty three episode season. I think it's you know just after the Christmas yeah. break, and it's probably. They probably had like what one returning episode that's maybe big, and then straight in with some fillers for a bit, pad out that mid-season. <laughs> yeah, pad it yes, out exactly. <laughs> Get that padding. It's winter. 
it was yeah, it was, t it was totally strange to see one lean so heavily on like the soapy elements, and you know that's kind of what they are. The, the, these kind of yeah. relationships going on, especially when they're so broadly drawn and hitting similar beats, mm. and without a legal case of the week, I guess, which yeah, no retrial. still seems quite alien to me because I've only seen the one case which took up so much of a bulk well, of is, that season two episode. This is a weird thing. It's like it's like usually. The reason there isn't like a trial going on is because something big is happening in like the emotional the lives of the characters. Yeah. And it's like, this isn't the case with this because like I say, like it's just such old ground that we're retreading. I really do think that David E. Kelly was just like, can't be asked. Like, I'm just gonna do <laughs> well, a couple of storylines I've done before. Don't even need a case, do I really? Like, shall we go into? I was phoning it in. Shall we go into verdict of the week? Because this is my verdict okay. of the week. Okay. All right. So there's no retrial. So <laughs> verdict of the week. The jury's back. So my verdict of the week is David E. Kelly is guilty <laughs> for some lazy ass writing. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so pleased. I'm just this is like, the second guilty he's had. Absolutely. I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> this is so fucking lazy. Like, you blatantly, like we said, like, it got up to you coming up to Christmas and you just couldn't be arsed, could you? <laughs> you <just laughs> pulled some bullshit out of your ass last minute and just, yeah, rehashed stuff that we've already been over. Um,. Just stuck a bunch of words in a Ali McBeal episode yeah. generator and was like, "Yep, oh wait, we've hit these points before." I Never just, mind. Yeah, no one know. Like, oh, is this gonna happen? Like every season, like Ali gets into a romantic slump, so pulls John out of a drawer and like dusts him off and considers okay. him for an well, episode. <laughs> Maybe now, and then like no. puts him back in the drawer, ready for next season. Like. <laughs> Yeah, third yeah, it's really is, funny. Third time is not a charm, it's tedious. <laughs> no. This is annoying. That's really funny. I'm really pleased you did that. Because, yeah, that was my main takeaway from this episode. It's like, were you just, like, on holiday? Yeah. Like, <laughs> really couldn't be bothered. It was just the millennium. He wanted to have a party. Like That was he it. He got too drunk. be arsed. He was too drunk. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. Ridiculous. What's your verdict, uh, Matt? I'd say it's a guilty to John for pretty mm. much both sides of what he's up to in this. Up like he, he handles what he's up to. <laughs> he handles the the new crisis, the new same old crisis with, with Ali in a very strange yeah. way. Um I mean, she does as well, <laughs> but he kind of, the way he approaches it all is very, very odd. And then the fact that he's not, you know, talking about it more with Nell and stuff. And then on top of that, the whole heels thing, which does feel like David E. Kelly, like you say, if he's like, okay, right, there's no legal case in this episode. So that's, I've got to pad out X amount. And it feels like he padded out enough and then went, oh, let's just throw in some wacky weird thing where he's made robot, like high heels <laughs> uh, without much thought for how it's reflecting on John in the very same episode that it's yeah. featuring. And that idea in itself with the heels thing, it is. It's like, how can he not see he's made a little control device for his woman? You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. That's and, not uh, cute and, or and adorable. Very, it's problematic. Yeah, her very lack of, her very lack of response uh, and reaction to it is very indicative of 
the writers, I'm sure, of being like, oh yeah, no, why wouldn't she find this charming? And it's like, well, here's a list. <laughs> so, yeah, John Gil- John Guilty, like everything he's doing, like creeping around in the bathrooms, yes. uh, <laughs> which I guess he does a lot, but pretty much everything he does is is wrong or weird in a different <laughs> way, like in every element of his storyline. So it's like, wow, you really hit like three for three weird ones here, mate. <laughs> Fair enough. And then I am giving Ali a not guilty this episode just for being so good with Elaine. Like I was so proud of her conversation that they had in the unisex because if you compare it to how Ali started with Elaine, it's Mm. like night and day different. She's really become a better friend to Elaine um, in the last season or so. Yeah. Um, And I just love to see it. I love to see it. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You you the the nice thing about this episode is is seeing uh, Ali and Elaine's relationship in a really lovely way, in a lovely light. Um, yes. So yeah. So, yeah, that about wraps it up for Just Friends. Tell us what you thought of the episode. Did you think David E. Kelly was phoning it in? Or were you like, this is my favourite episode. I don't understand what you guys are talking about. Um, you can get... It's got it all. <laughs> it's got it all. <laughs> and by all, I mean that. <laughs> you can get in touch with us. Uh, we are on Bygones Podcast on Twitter and Facebook and Bygones Pod on Instagram. Or you can email us with your lovely thoughts at bygonespodcast at gmail.com um matt where can people find spotlight uh or anything else you want them to what plug away plug whatever you want to plug <laughs> yeah well i've got a couple plugs so yeah spotlight you can get it find it everywhere spotlight pod twitter instagram facebook um we go through the star trek franchise from a non-trekking perspective so we we've been covering a lot of things recently including a new strain of the pod where we check out star trek alumni old star trek actors appearing in other tv shows uh often often classic and old in themselves so we've done uh, miami vice yay for an episode starring george decay and we've got an upcoming one on Columbo oh, with a Shatner. very good William yeah. Shatner guest star appearance. <laughs> so check us out. We, we're, we're covering the whole first season of Picard very soon as well. That'll be the next Ooh. one out if it's not out already. Um, and on the other side of things, uh, I dabble in, in writing and short films on the side yes. as well. And I, I wrote a sci-fi short film a couple of years ago yeah. called Lab yes. Rat, which um, has finished its festival run and it's basically premiering online through a company called Dust, um, who put out sci-fi genre shorts. Um, so July 9th is when Labrat goes live hey, online. And, time for uh, my birthday. The director, Norwazi, is this, um, <laughs> she's this fantastic, fantastic director, and she's been getting a lot of press because her, funnily enough, her previous short film before Labrat, a, a thriller called Baby Mine, also recently just had its online premiere through another platform called Om- Omleto, Omleto, who put out short films. So she's got Baby Mine and Labrat out the same month, within the same few weeks. And so she's been doing a lot of interviews and press for both as well. So you can check out interviews with her popping up everywhere where she's chatting about her career so far and working on Labrat. And uh, yeah, check it out. We've hopefully got some cool things cooking up in that in that space Yay! in the future awesome. as well. So, so Labrat so should be coming you... out the week that this episode goes out. So that's good timing. Yeah, ah, perfect. Oh, is it? Yeah. The... yeah, check it out. I think it's... Um, I think Dust is uh, it's mainly a YouTube-based kind of channel yeah. as well. It's like its own it's it's its own little uh, company, an offshoot of a production company called Gunpowder and Sky are involved, I believe. Um, but if you if you Google 
search dust or watch dust i think watchdust.com or watch yeah, dust online yeah if you just google dust uh, you might just come up <laughs> cleaning hoovers <laughs> 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 so, but yeah that's that's where it's popping out so yeah check cool. it out hey, i'm really looking forward to that and that would be um from what i've seen of of matt's work over the years uh it'll be a great watch so yeah check absolutely it out. Oh, yeah i just realized this episode is gonna come out the week of my birthday it is yes yes oh yeah. happy birthday yes birthday episode yeah well. you just had a birthday we talked about that earlier didn't we oh yeah yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. so are we ready to say uh our outro yes yes are okay. you ready maps yeah i'll yeah. never be um, yeah <laughs> and, until next time bye bye guys, bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>